yeah, I mean, it, it's been great. It's um, the shows are, are getting bigger, and obviously, just um, a lot of the extra stuff around the shows. We, you know, we've got a, a pop up tattoo shop um, at a bar, ten minute walk down right, the road at the right. moment. Just things like that are really cool, and people seem to be really. Um, really and did you set that up? To... Have you set that up as a, a part of your sort of merch or what? Essentially, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's uh, it obviously has a few more OHS issues than yeah. um, than a printed bit of cotton does, but, <laughs> um, which is why it's not actually in the venue. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. Um, that's something. It's, it's actually the the team that do uh, a similar thing at Download Festival. All right, okay, um, and a few other. Um, I think maybe they do Ramblin' Man as well. So. Right. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's great. It just kind of creates um, a uh, a platform for fans to make a day of it. Go into the um, go into the bar, and whether they're getting tattooed or not, there's yeah. uh, M inspired cocktails and all that sort of stuff, right. so they can sort of get on the piss early and and get a permanent reminder of where they've been. That's it for the day. This is. Airborne's fifth album, but your first full-length album, Bone Shaker. So how, how did that come about? How did the, the joining of the band come about for you? Did you had you known them for a while? or? Yeah, I had, um, which I guess was um, the easiest part about the whole, whole transition into the band. I, I really, uh, I mean, now looking back two and a half years later or nearly three years later now, um, I couldn't imagine doing all this with, and just getting in a tour bus and getting straight into the yeah. straight into the, the trenches with yeah. a bunch of people that you had not either you know, not necessarily not met before, but not built that level of rapport with yeah. that it just becomes quite a natural thing really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'd known each other for the best part of ten years before right. joining the band. Okay. Um, and that really made the whole process super easy yeah. and within a week of rehearsals it kind of felt like I'd been in the band the right. whole time we'd known each other right. sort of thing so yeah that that made it easy to get in the bus and um, you know get over that sort of first hurdle of comfortability sure if nothing yeah. else really yeah. quickly did, did your was your style different to David's in any way did it change the overall sound on stage or was it pretty much, there's the Marshall, there you go, in? No, I think um, in a, I mean, everyone's individual in their own sure. ways and um, it's it's inevitable but that there will be some uh, differences. But it's one of those things, I guess, uh, we all we all grew up listening and loving to the same, uh, loving the same records. Yeah. Um, you know, we have similar kind of origin stories of why we picked up a guitar and what songs we first wanted to learn. And Joel and I both have the same story of, you know, as soon as we saved up enough pocket money, we got the stupid Marshall stack to sit in the corner <laughs> of our bedroom. And, um, you know, uh, mum's out in the kitchen making dinner and you're, yeah. you know, blasting your doors out yeah. Um, yeah. with the with the stack cranked to 10 and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, um you know, there's, I guess, there's that level of just the um, mutual understanding of having the same upbringing and the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. goals and interests and all that sort of yeah. stuff um, and influences. But yeah, I guess it's also 
something that we see as being um, and we hope and we kind of look after as being something a bit um, uniquely Australian in terms of the way that um, you approach your music and your mm-hmm. instrument and whatnot. Um, and uh, funnily enough, Joel and I were actually uh, laughing about this yesterday. We saw a great, great quote from Angry Anderson, the singer of Rose yeah, Dale, yeah. Um, right. and he said, uh, Australians don't play the guitar, they attack the guitar. Um, and we had a laugh because it's so bloody accurate, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. it's really is, uh, it comes, um, you know, it's a part of the technique, how, how you kind of, yeah. you hit it hard, um, how you hit the instrument and yeah. it, you know, it's a, it's a tonal thing, it's a, um, it's an aggression thing, it's a, um, you know. And you can certainly hear that on, on the albums and, and certainly the latest one, yeah. Bone Sugar, that it's more, there's less gain, isn't there? And, it, and it's, you're hitting it hard to get that dirt sort of sound, but you can hear the string, I, and it always sounds stupid, so you can hear that stringiness in a guitar, but you can hear that sort of, the twang of, of the guitar rather than just a mushy, you know. Yeah, cool. Um, that's, de- I mean, that's, as guitarist Joel and I, we nerded out over this, over this shit for so long in the studio yeah. um, and the funny thing was I mean uh, Joel was telling us stories of spending weeks um, chasing a guitar tone on right. previous records uh-huh. and this was something that we had done um, you know first afternoon set up plugged in and really quickly got um, you know we're, we're sitting there in the in the studio yeah. going shit we love these sounds yeah um, and that was, uh, you know, huge part of what Dave Cobb does is it's all about capturing your thing. So yeah. he's not sitting there trying to, um, trying to mess with it once it hits the desk. Yeah. He's sitting there trying to get it at the source, allow it to breathe and yeah. be the way that it sounds yeah. in the room. So if yeah. it sounds really aggressive and, um, and jarring in the room and um, like you said and you can really hear the distinction between the way that you hit the guitar yeah. whether that's a bit quieter to let it clean up mm. or whether you're really going for it yeah. and then you get the real grunt out of the yeah. instrument then um, yeah that's definitely something right. that we listening back uh, we love the guitar tones it's definitely yeah. something it's it's unashamedly allowed aggressive guitar album yeah. even even to the way that the records mixed as well the guitars are, uh, yeah, are definitely are more forward yeah. than uh, yeah. than a lot of modern records yeah. but that's certainly by design and something that we wanted to do in terms of you know essentially in 2019 just putting a flag in the sand and, and doing something that's that's different to yeah. a lot of modern records yeah. right and, and you mentioned Dave Cobb there um, famed producer of Nashville was he a uh, go to you know when you kind of sort out and went that's because he's not known particularly for rock is he I mean he did the rival sons thing but yeah um basically yeah I mean it was one of those things he's when we um started I guess this is now going back to the end of the last touring cycle yeah um I guess that's when the conversations about the next album the type of thing we'd like to do um, that's when all those conversations started. So at that point, we always had the raw capture the band live, unfiltered, warts and all yeah. mentality that, all right, that's, that's the next thing. Do. That's what we want album five to be. Uh-huh. 
excuse me. Um, Dave Cobb, I mean, in terms of his name coming up, I guess, um, you know, he, he's one of the biggest and most successful producers in the world at the moment. Yeah. So it's very natural, obviously, that his name at least comes up. And mm-hmm. then um, I guess once you dig into his body of work, it's um, a lot of country stuff, but the the common thing and the link between all of his records and the sound of his records and what he does as a producer um, is it's all super real and exactly what we were talking about yeah. doing. Um, you can hear... Um, the singer and the vocals are not overly compressed so if they're off the mic a little bit it's a bit quieter and then when they're up on the mic it's louder and um, same goes for the guitars the way they're captured and the drums the way they're captured so um, I guess there was a lot in his country records that we really appreciated and thought um, would be something interesting to pursue going more down a Mm. you know uh, uh, 70s rock and roll pursuit Um, and the uh, interestingly enough the the record of Dave's that kind of clicked the most for us um, was probably the least known record that he's ever done right Um, and I think for him it was it was more of a passion project than anything else it's I think it was released in like 2010 right he was actually playing guitar um, and producing the record and at that time in a lot of ways, almost teaching himself how to produce. I mean, right. just, you know, he, he knew some mics and he knew some uh, EQs and yeah, pre-ups, um, whatever. could get his way yeah. around a desk. So yeah. he kind of ended up being producer by default, um, you know, is the way that he kind of explained it to us. Right. But um, it's a band called Black Robot. Right. Um, definitely, that, I think, I'm sure it's a self-titled record. Definitely right. worth checking out. It's... Right. Um, the thing and the the song that Joel and I really honed in on is like, wow, that's cool. This is this is the, what we want to you know right. sonically yeah. do. Yeah, um, they do a really cool um, cover of Cocaine okay. and yeah. rock it up. Just turn it right. into this really um, like bombastic rock and roll song. A bit kind of who, right? A bit. Uh, a bit ACDC yeah. a bit Stones like they yeah. really just crank it up yeah, yeah. and uh, sonically that was the one that we really honed Turned in on and went yeah, right. that right. that's kind that's of what, what we want. he can do with a rock right. and roll band so um, yeah we told him that and he laughed because it was like who the hell knows that record <laughs> that's, he, had, he had a good laugh about it but that right. was funnily enough the one that really kind of solidified the belief that, yeah, this is the guy to do the record with. And then that led to a conversation and then the conversation was super natural straight away. Um, the type of record that we wanted to make is what he does and what he, um, you know, has basically fought for his yeah. whole career. Cause right. it's so, uh, it's so out of the norm to not, uh, be in a position to present 30 or 40 demos to your label have those approved and go yeah, through yeah. all these approval processes for everything yeah. Um, yeah he doesn't do demos he doesn't do this he doesn't do that he doesn't uh, he doesn't sample drums he doesn't uh, isolate this that and the other yeah, thing right, right. it's all about capturing the energy and the vibe of the band at yeah. the time but also that's totally inspired by 
his favourite records, which, um, you know, in that first conversation, yeah. we became very aware that right. that's, the, that's the shit we love too. Right. They're all our favourite right. records. So right. it was definitely inspired by that mentality, basically. And, and did you do a lot of the writing in situ at the, at the studio or had you had got the songs written beforehand and just sort of all in the, the in. studio yeah I mean yeah. definitely um, you know through the time off that we had between the last tour and going into the studio um, we definitely spent a lot of time in uh, rehearsal rooms in Melbourne working on songs and demoing things and um, and doing things in I guess more of a conventional way mm-hmm. um, and uh, as I mentioned, Dave doesn't do demos. He doesn't want you to do demos. He's he's a strong believer um, in the um, First I guess the, the pitfalls of yeah the pitfalls of demoitis. Yeah, working a song into the ground to the point that it's yeah, not yeah, inspiring just, anymore. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, the, he, he's he's strongly against obviously the notion that in the studio you're trying to replicate, not create. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, we'd we'd done all that, we'd done a lot of writing. It just really naturally ended up being that the type of energy and the type of inspiration and excitement that we were seeking in the music naturally ended up being that um those songs kind of fell by the wayside because they naturally ended up not being, being as energetic right. and as exciting as the you know, the riff that was a voice memo from Soundcheck. Right. Okay. I mean, everyone's got a recording device in their pocket now. Um, Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that really ended up being the way that the songs were created. It was get in each morning, grab a coffee, sit on the couch with a guitar, um, and, you know, you're sort of going fishing or gold digging for the, all right, which is the riff or idea that we're feeling today? Um, and that's not to say that anything that we... Uh, sort of brushed over on any given day we didn't come back around to it yeah. two days later and go actually yeah. yeah that's a bit slower and now we're sort of feeling yeah, as though that's the path yeah. to go down yeah. um, and then you kind of just um, you know chase the rabbit down the hole from there and put mm-hmm. pieces of the puzzle together and um, as you alluded to before it ended up really just being that um, by the time we plugged in mapped out the song yeah that essentially ended up being the versions of the songs Thanks that you're hearing on the record. Yeah, excellent. And you just said there, everybody's got a recording device. I read somewhere that you're recording stuff at the sound check at the minute, new riffs and everything. Does that mean that you're pretty much writing the next album as as you speak? Or I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's a very natural thing, and that, I guess that's when um, in any given sort of creative outlet, you're probably going to get the best results when you're not feeling daunted by whole heap yeah, of pressure and late on and um, we we do that because we have fun doing it there's, yeah. there's no other reason we just sit there and if one of us picks up a guitar or um, plays a combination of chords or notes that sparks um, yeah. interest in everyone yeah. I guess it really is the same way that we were working in the studio on any given day it was it was that thing if everyone has a smile and kind of um, it's that sort of telepathic communication that you have as a band that there's n- no actual talking about an idea. It's if everyone just, yeah. sort of wanders over and picks up their instrument and joins in yeah. with a smile on their face, you probably yeah. know you're onto something. So, um, yeah, whether that's just sort of quickly, you know, grab your phone out, 
yeah, click record yeah, yeah, yeah. and chuck it on the ground. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, obviously with with uh, modern technology, even though we sort of used no techniques that were modern um, in the studio yeah, for Bone sure. Shaker, um, we're certainly not uh, against the benefits and the ease of, of a our, uh, our monitor engineer <laughs> having a laptop and just clicking the space bar yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden we've got this great multi-track recording yeah. of our sound check and great. a new idea documented that way. So, um, yeah, it's just constantly moving in that direction and uh, we'll no doubt end up being a situation where, like this album, we're looking at hundreds of riffs and ideas and yeah. you just sort of sift through finding the things that are most exciting and um, I think given the you know really positive experience that we had on this record um, we really would love to kind of create a period of records with um, with not only Dave but with with that method of right. approaching an album right. and writing an album mm-hmm. so um yeah, we now know that that you can, can work and we can do it. Great. Um, so the I guess in a lot of ways, good. the next album is currently being written. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to quickly give you either ors. Are you ready? Yes. SG or Les Paul? Uh, SG. Aussie rules or rugby? Aussie rules. Beer or whiskey? Beer. Rock or roll? Uh, roll. V30s or GT75s? Uh, V30s. Finally, denim or leather? Uh, well, <laughs> that's uh, of all those questions, that's one that's truly stumped me because I'm wearing a leather jacket with denim Fair jeans. jeans. I think yeah. um, I'll say denim because I feel as though I could pull off a. Uh, you know, Canadian tuxedo, a double denim ensemble. <laughs> but God feels strange if I was wearing a leather jacket and a leather, and leather dax. So, oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Harry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you, mate. And uh, have a great show tonight. We'll be... Come to the light.